Um, hello again. Thank you very much for having me. And um, yes, examination my practice is a very general concept. It is not foreign to people or students, right? And although it's easy to just blame the students, and the students should be blamed because a large chunk of it, right, comes from the students' side. But also, the academic institution can also contribute to this. How, for example, after this ASUSTRAC, if not ASUSTRAC, some schools resumed exams like a week after, two weeks after this track was called off. Without any prior heads up given to students during this track, that, oh, we're going to be starting exams immediately after the track is called off. To start studying or something, you know, and you had students that started, in fact, other careers. They've been learning tech, they've been trading, they've been learning skills, different things, and all of a sudden, the track is called off, and you're asked to prepare for exams. Like, you're not even asked to prepare for exams; you are sent your timetable. So, where is it space for preparation? So, definitely, that kind of scenario is going to put the student on edge, and students that are even smart. Due to the pressure of not wanting to, you know, reduce their GPA, can find themselves in situations where they are tempted to, you know, indulge in examination or practice. But ultimately, it still lies on students because at every point in time, they make that decision, right? That conscious decision to either cheat or to not cheat. You understand? So, yes, um, this is a very nice topic and. Out. Thank you so much for joining me. Now, from your point of view, what do you think is the cause of this incompetency being exhibited by our graduates when they go to the labor market? Okay, so I think this would also take the cause of my first response when I see they are contributing factors, but then ultimately it's on the students. So let me first talk about the contributing factors, right? Um, first off, a lot of the curriculum, right? A lot of the curriculums in um, Nigerian institutions are actually outdated. You understand? See, for example, now, uh, one of my roommates, who's an electrical engineering student, was complaining to me that Python is one of the most, like, highly, de- it is like the most highly demanded language in programming today yet it is not in their curriculum even computer science students they are not being taught python you understand they, was, they are still teaching them visual busy cobol and then okay let's say um c c language c plus plus and, and that you understand but yet there's no relevance like there's no transition to like the current um um state of the world now like the the, the curriculum does not reflect 
does not reflect what is actually going on in the world like curriculum is something that should be revised like literally every year and there are actually people that are employed to do this but i don't know for whatever reason you don't see those things happen and this is part of the reasons why graduates from private universities are now changing the narratives right gone are those days where you say oh someone with a 2-1 in unilag is better than someone with a first class from covenant gone are those days because in covenant they are exposed to latest technologies they are exposed to latest trends right in their curriculum now let's talk about the students because as a student right you also need to be like you you need to not just pass through university like you need to marinate yourself in that your choice of study you understand so let's say for example now you are studying say accounting right so you need to know okay what are the softwares for accounting students is it just all about the balance sheet that you're drawing your note like is it is it just analog so you need to know like what are the what are the tools what are the software tools that accounting students are meant to be like an accounting um, or sorry what are the what are the tools that an accountant is meant to be able to use right you know the, the likes of quickbooks and others <laughs> I, I i do not know the rest because i'm not an accounting guy so you know instances like that but people just go someone you see someone i just study because oh that's what because i'm in commercial class so definitely in our accounting or oh my father wants me to be an accountant and that's it and you don't see them following trends or let's say a finance guy for example you're not following trends on finance like daily you're not listening to podcasts you're not you know following topics like say the 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 twitter buyouts you know like what, what what are the financial implications or what are the financial implications on covid on like so many things or maybe you are you are an hr students now i'm not talking you're not um um researching about like how covid impacted the world or new methodologies now for you know recruitment and the ats which is the applicant tracking system that you know companies use now in their recruiting process so i believe that a lot of it you know also rests on students like even if you are in a disadvantaged position right the onus is on you to put in twice the work so that at the end of the day you can be able to compete you know with global talent or like go head to head with your um your your mates in you know federal in in private universities or like you know better universities like internationally so yes but a lot of students just rely on oh let me just soak and absorb what they are teaching us in school and that's it once i pass it means i'm good but when they get out of school you know you see people not being able to um um function as effectively as as their um certificates already assumes like see someone with a first class okay can you put this into use you know they can't they can't put that into use because everything has been purely theoretical it has all been confined to the content like to the to, to the um to the to the academic content that they are exposed to during school and they are not learning anything outside of campus all right which is not meant to be
Now, what are your needs? At least to be more competent. All right. So I, I, I do not think the current system of evaluation should be scrapped. I think it can be improved. I think it should be more um, um, open to like revisions, right? So right now, what you have is an evaluation that is purely theoretical. And at the end of the day, whoever passes the exam, like all you all you just have to do is to be able to remember stuff that you were taught, right? And that means that you pass the exam only if you can remember it, not necessarily if you can understand it. And that is why quite a number of you know, examiners take the practical approach, right? I think there should, should be more emphasis on practical approaches. Yeah, like exams should have, should like provide room for, you know, application questions or projects like, projects like questions. So, um, in my, because I recently finished my first semester exams and in one of the courses I'm taking, um, industrial health, there was an application question there where we were asked to carry out a safety audit, right? That we should, that, okay, we are invited to a hospital as health educators and we should carry out a safety audit in a hospital. You understand? That question is something that will take you three to four pages to do. It's a practical question. So in doing that, it is not just about Oh, what you can remember because there are different sectors there are different things that come here you know different divisions in a hospital right like okay where do you want to audit is it is it their um their um words is it their patient's words is it the fire alarm system is it even their kitchen is it the offices is it the labs maybe the the the, the x-ray labs so at the end of the day you have to think wide and think deep and it is only if you truly understand that concept, that you be able to that you be able to correctly answer questions like that, you understand. But you know, you have incompetence when you just ask like straightforward questions and like all the exams are skewed in a certain way that you know it doesn't really require in-depth knowledge of that concept. So yes, I I think I think this is one of the problems, and. Um, also, I, I, I think that um, there should be some sort of, you know, presentation aspect to, to evaluations, right? Um, although already um, group projects cover this, but group projects are most like are, are in most cases like an umbrella for a set of people because at the end of the day, most times people will not contribute evenly. And then you won't know, maybe it's just group leader, stand group leader, and three other people out of 10, out of a group of 10 members that are really putting the work, and the rest will just be shadow members. So I think there has to be more scrutiny on that aspect of evaluation as well, like that presentation aspect. Because trust me, once you can say something, you can present something, you already know that thing, and it will be very hard for you to forget something like that. You understand? Unlike if it's just purely theoretical where there are so many lapses served to cheat and where um competency is based on just you know memorizing or cramming which has proven not to be effective on the long run thank you so much for that apology now for the sake of emphasis let me show it a major course this competency in our budget 
with the educational system or the individuals themselves? Well, um, it's it's the both of them for me, right? It's both of them for me. Um, the quality of education is actually very poor. Um, so recently, one of my friends, my very close friend, who is also the president of my department, said that he would start having these sessions next semester where he would have people like from 100 to 100 level discuss on courses that they are taking, right, and happenings like world events that are happening that are like around those courses. Do you understand? Let's say, for example, now, um, in psychology of sports, right? So we can decide to discuss um, happenings with you know certain athletes that have had to go to rehab due to one thing or the other, maybe the intensity of the competitiveness of sports, or athletes who have withdrawn into you know certain deviant behaviors like taking drugs and you know things like that, right? Because when you discuss things like that, when you when you discuss trends, you know as they occur in your sports. Like it, it gives you, it gives you more in-depth knowledge of that sport, and this is something that the university system doesn't really cater for. And even in times where you hear things like this from lecturers, are just from a selected few, a few pro um, um, progressive lecturers. So I, I, I took a course this semester called exercise physiology, and you know we were discussing a lot of things like cardiovascular response of the body to exercise, uh, cardiovascular response of the body to um, hot environment, like there are so many courses under that, right? And you know, the lecturer gave us an assignment, told us to go watch a documentary, Icarus, you can watch it on Netflix, it's about the Russian doping scandal, right? How they drug their athletes and, ref and like enhance the physiology of the athletes to be able to win gold medals during um, the Olympics, right? I think during the Winter Olympics or something like that that was held in Russia. So look at something like that now. Like there's some things that will still stick. There are some names that will still stick with you, you know, when you learn things that way, you understand? And then also on the students too, right? So the students also need to take that edge. Like you really have to show interest in what you are studying. Even if you don't like it, like just, you know, there's a saying that um, what is worth doing is worth doing well, right? So like, just try and make sure that you, 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 you maximize everything that you can on that course that you are studying. Understand? Follow pioneers in the field. Follow um, subject matter experts. You know, joint spaces. There are so many discourse around these things. If you, if, you, if you book tire you, like listen to podcasts. This, read blogs, you know, things like that, retweets. It's it would also enhance and like um, um, fine tune your 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 learning, right? And at the end of the day, you would see that you've even covered more than what is expected in your curriculum. And you would always have an edge ultimately when you are having exams because you have more examples to give, you know, more scenarios, more cases. Like you would exhaust your 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 um, booklet right and definitely when you can do all that it would ultimately um um show like so it ultimately reflects when you are in the job market because i mean during the interview you can you just keep going on and on and on and on because already you've you've um invested in yourself to establish yourself as a subject matter expert in that your field and you definitely have 
an edge over your counterparts that did not take that same route. So yeah, so there's the blame on the institution itself, right? And there's also the blame on the students. So ultimately, both um, the institution and the students have to coalesce together to, you know, get the best results. Wow, thank you so much for that, Tayebuzi. Now, what's your final word to educators listening as we drive this issue? And so every learner listening, what do you have to say to these groups of people? All right, thank you very much, Gifts. Uh, it has been a wonderful experience, and I feel very humbled to um, be speaking here. Well, I would say whatever you are doing, like try and do it well. Try to um, be diligent in what in what you are doing. Um, as educators, let's not um, be archaic in our approach. Although we, a lot of us are unfortunate to have you know tutors or lecturers who are kicking the approach but you know let's let's just let's just give it to them that they were not born into the digital age so we are born into the digital age let's make sure that we leverage it right and we make sure that we produce you know students who can compete at the global level and to fellow students listening um Examination my practice wouldn't help you in the long run. There would always be a day of reckoning. You know, there would always be a day of reckoning. Interviews are there. Even when you enter through nepotism, it would show in your productivity, you know, KPIs. And sometimes even in some brainstorming sessions with your team, it would show like, because they'll be expecting you to know certain things that if you do not know would be very embarrassing. So ultimately, examination of practice is an easy route, but not the best route. All right. Um, and yes, I, I also hope that, you know, the Nigerian um, education system is, is um, revised, right? I hope it is revised and I hope that education becomes a priority for the government because it will be to the benefit of everyone. Like Nigerians are generally smart people. We just need more tools. We need more um, access, right? We need more access to, and we need more opportunities to just beat the wall. That's, that's it. We have that resilience already. So yeah, that, that'll be all. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. It was indeed a powerful session with you. And to everyone listening, so thank you so much for listening. See you again sometime next Hello educators and welcome to today's episode of the Educators Talk with Gifted Sema. Today we're going to be discussing on if examination should be scrapped as a result of the rise in examination malpractice. To be discussing that with me today is Samuel Bolaniwa. Samuel Bolaniwa is a thoughtful leader, an English education undergraduate of the University of Lagos and is passionate about making changes. He also makes mind-blowing designs. It's nice to have you with us today, Samuel. Thank you so much for joining. So my first question is this. What do you think is the major cause of examination and practice? All right. Good day, everyone. 
appreciate the festival for hosting me today. Okay, so straight to the question, what's the major cause of examination malpractice? You know, a lot of people might have come up with different views. I think this is personal. <laughs> you know, a lot of people might have said, you know, fear because you're poor teacher and all. For one reason, A lack of preparation. The students that are not in the program will want to take less of your examination practice. And besides, if everybody prepares for their exam, there will be little or no cases of but a lot of people these days don't want to you know, take the time to prepare properly for the examination. And they just want to get the A's. They want to get the grades. You know, they want to have all the papers without proper preparation. You know. As a result of this, they tend to involve examination of practices so that they will just get to the steps and they shouldn't be. So, one of the major causes of examination of practice is lack of proper preparation. Thank you. Okay, thank you for that. So, do you consider written examination as the best performance measure in the academic world? Okay, thank you very much for this question. Um, what's the point in time it was? But presently, it isn't. I have uh, friends that are very good academically, so to speak. When you look at their results, they are doing very, very well. You know, they have A's, they have B's. But when you sit them down, like, and you want to, you know, engage them about their course of study, they have little to nothing to show for it because all what they have done so far is to cram and then go back to the exam hall to pour out everything they have crammed. After the exam, all is gone. They don't have anything to show for anymore. So, uh, with that kind of uh, you know, orientation, you know, just to get the grades and all, without uh, a right uh, knowledge or is a lasting knowledge about what you know you are doing. I don't think academic um, written examination is the best any longer. It could be before, but presently it isn't. Oh, thank you so much for that, Samuel. So now, what can be done to reduce the level of examination malpractice in our schools? Yeah, thank you very much. So let me start from, you know, how um, the teachers, you know, and leaders have helped in you know, 
so much for that Samuel. Now if written examination is scrapped in our schools today, what would you suggest to assess learners' performance? <laughs> wow. Thank you so much for this question. This this has always been my thought so far. Because personally I don't know why someone you know who is going to be operating human body going to be uh, prescribing, let's say prescribing drugs or even doing some surgical operation on human will be passed and uh, declared qualified based on uh, written essays in one exam or something. I don't know. Or someone who is going to be flying a plane, a pilot. 
to him being, to be, to be satisfied in Christ's waiting experience and what he what can put down, what he can put down in writing. So, authentication and written examination should be scrapped. One thing that should be implemented is practical examination. Every student should practice in what he or she is studying as a form of examination. There should be more rooms for intent programs for students. And this should, you know, guide uh, how they are going to be scored or graded. Yes. So, for me, practical examination should be encouraged. Let teachers, let teachers start teaching. Let lawyers, you know, see how um, judges or other lawyers, you know, carry out their duties and emulate those things. They should also give room for practicing those things. Things like that is the crux of the matter. Because at the end of the day, a lawyer will not only be writing, a teacher will not only, you know, be writing notes. Everybody will have to speak. Everybody will have to practice whatsoever they are learning now. So thank you very much for having me here. It's my pleasure. Wow, wow. Thank you so much, Samuel Abola and White. It was so nice having you with us today. And to every of our listeners, we say thank you for listening. See you again, same time next week.